Hello, everybody. Thank you to listening to FAU Owl Radio. My name is Jacob Kelly. You are listening to JK Productions. Back to my normally scheduled video as last week. I came to you guys on a Monday instead of a Tuesday due to uh, it being my birthday last week. So I had some uh, had some fun with that. Had some fun, uh, good time with some friends, with some family that uh, I took the place of this show last week. But with the Super Bowl being last week, I s- still wanted to make sure I Got out to you guys, got live to you guys, and I had a great time with it and really happy to be back here on FAU Owl Radio. Uh, Coming up this week, we do have the baseball games. The baseball schedule has gone underway. However, next week, actually, you guys might be hearing a familiar voice on FAU Owl Radio as FAU takes on Michigan Wolverines. I might be on the show. However, Jacob Brown, formerly of my job here at FAU Owl Radio, might be back, might be back on the radio call here next Monday and Tuesday as FAU is home against the Michigan Wolverines. Both those games will be here live on FAU Our Radio where you'll be hearing Jacob Brown. And then on Tuesday, good chance you'll be hearing me alongside him. A good good thing to, to see. I'm really excited to get to work with him again after we worked together uh, all of last semester with both football here on FAU Our Radio with his radio show. And uh, now my own radio show, I've had him on uh, the Spotify version of this show here. So really excited for that. Really happy to have him back into things because uh, he did really great things for this program. So really happy to bring him back on board. So people listening to this live, of course, you guys are listening to this on FAU Owl Radio. However, the FAU Owl <clears throat> radio, radio station has put together a YouTube channel, which some of you guys now are watching afterwards, after the recording of this this stream. So thank you to those tuning in on the FAU Owl Radio YouTube channel, as well as on my own personal podcast and YouTube channel, both JK Productions on YouTube, JK Productions on Spotify, all the multiple platforms, which you guys will be hearing my beautiful voice out to you guys. Uh, so thank you all those tuning in. Thank you who've found it. And uh, let's get into things. So first things first, like we always start with uh, JK Productions, we got to go over the home team got to go over the what the FAU Owls has done. And like I previously mentioned, the baseball season is now underway. And the baseball team has come out swinging, pun intended, with a three and one start of the season. The first, the first uh, meeting of the FAU baseball season took place against the, against the University of Minnesota. And as I said, the F- our FAU Owls, Took care of business there, winning the series three to one. The first game of the four-game series took place on Friday, with FAU unfortunately losing nine to one. However, followed by three straight victories, with a eight to two victory on Saturday, thirteen to four victory on Sunday, and then yesterday took care of business seventeen to nine against Minnesota. Yesterday, the the bats were out, the home runs were going out. Racones had a three-run home run in the second to get things going to get FAU uh, back into the lead after he had been the first to take the lead for FAU in the first inning with his double. In the second inning, Minnesota's Bertrand hit a three-run home run to take the lead back. However, that was very shortly last as Racones hit the three-run home run himself in the second inning. Minnesota came back in the third to tie it 4-4. And then Goldstein with another home run, another three-run home run, the second three-run home run for FAU on the day to take the lead 7-4. And then Minnesota got another run in the fourth inning. And it was a very much 
back and forth game. And FAU really extended their lead with an Albert triple, which saw three runs or sorry, one run scored in the game to bring the score to 10 to six. And then we saw Raconez with his second home run of the day to bring the lead to 12 to six. That game eventually did lead to FAU winning 17 to nine, a really big score from a uh, baseball game, a score that we're normally accustomed to seeing in football, perhaps. However, the bats have been really alive so far through the season so far for this FAU baseball team, a continuation from what we saw last year with a lot of success from the FAU baseball team. Going on into this week, the baseball team will be starting a series against, well, not starting a series, but having just a singular game against the University of Miami that will be taking place tomorrow. And then a homestand, which starts off on Friday, of taking on the University of Delaware. That'll be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, a three-game stretch for the FAU baseball team. And then starting off next week, a two-game series against the University of Michigan, which, as I mentioned to start off the show, FAU alum Jacob Brown will be back here on FAU Our Radio to bring you guys the commentary of that game, as well as perhaps Jacob Kelly makes an appearance on that. The reason I say perhaps is because there's somebody currently lined up to do that spot. However, it's a 50-50 for whether they'll be available. So next Tuesday, there's a pretty solid chance we'll be hearing the Jacob commentary team, uh, Jacob Kelly, Jacob, Pr- Jacob Brown, uh, being out there for the FAU and Michigan home game. Great start by the FAU baseball team. Hopefully, we'll see them continue as we move on to Miami and Delaware this week. The basketball team did not have the same sort of luck as the baseball team has had this past week. We let, uh, let off last week's show talking about the success the basketball team had had recently. Had been 9-0 and in their last three home games. Had had a really great stretch, a 7-8 and or 7 wins out of 8 stretch from the basketball team. Things had really been looking up for the basketball team. And uh, hit a little bit of a slow patch. Losing three games in a row last week. Not, not, the, not what you want to see exactly. At home, we dropped games to both North Texas and Middle Tennessee, which was the first two home games we've lost since well early in the year. However, first before that, we went on the road to take on a tough Western Kentucky team, which saw Michael Forrest lead the way with 20 points and ultimately fall short there. Uh, And then with North Texas, that was a great defensive game. Not a lot of points to go around. Giancarlo Rosado led the way with FAU with 10 points. And then on the other side, forward Thomas Bell led the way with 13 points for University of North Texas. It was by no means a beautiful offensive game, which, you know, modern basketball and modern sports is something that we're accustomed to seeing. However, it was back and forth. It was gritty. And to take on the best team in Conference USA in North Texas and give them a real tough shot, at the very least shows the resilience of this FAU basketball team moving closer and closer to tournament time. And gotta with these two losses here, you gotta gotta hope they can put some things together, iron out a few few issues with the team because we did see us lose to the two, arguably the two best teams in the Conference USA. The second game of which was a loss to Middle Tennessee, which took place on Saturday. Guard Elijah Moore, or sorry, Elijah Martin, uh, not the Jets wide receiver. That'd be pretty interesting. We saw him out here playing basketball for us, but no, guard Elijah Martin led the way. His He continued his second half of the year hot streak with 22 points on 8 of 12 shooting. However, Middle Tennessee guard 
went seven for seven for 11, 26. And my unorganized self forgot to type in his name. Guard Josh Jefferson of Middle Tennessee dropped 26 points, was really hot. Our defense could not find a way to contain him. And him and the rest of the Middle Tennessee team found a way to overcome the, the FAU home crowd, the FAU home, home court advantage, which, we, which we've seen through majority of this season. So now with FAU losing three games in a row, has dropped us down to third place in Conference USA East, which at one point a week ago, we were at the top of that spot, really looking good going into the Conference USA tournament. Definitely made things a little more difficult for himself, for, for ourselves. Definitely put us in a position where we kind of want to win out and don't want to risk dropping any more games. This upcoming week, we have two games, both of which will be on the road. Thursday, 7 o'clock on ESPN Plus, FAU will be taking on Old Dominion, the same team we saw batter, FAU batter here on the 8th of, of February, where we saw FAU defeat Old Dominion 81-62. to Follow up by FAU going on the road Saturday, 4 o'clock. This game will also be on ESPN Plus. FAU will be taking on University of, University of Charlotte. And again, we saw FAU absolutely batter University of Charlotte over in January, January 17th. We saw FAU demolish Charlotte 96 to 67. So two very winnable games here for FAU. A good opportunity to get some positive momentum moving into the last month of the season, the last couple games before we move into the Conference USA tournament. The two games we have in March are both against FIU, who currently we have identical record with, both sitting at 15 and 12. The first of those two games will be over in Miami at FIU's campus. However, the last game of the FAU regular season will be here at home three, uh, sorry, two o'clock. It will be on ESPN Plus. However, I will again be on the commentating team with that. Not quite sure who my partner will be. Could be our very own Alicia Hayes, who will be on here FAU radio following my show here today. However, we do have quite a few members who are very interested in getting into the basketball basketball uh, community. And I've talked to quite a few people and those out there listening. Uh, if you seek any interest in getting into commentating or being on a radio show like this today, uh, we will be putting flyers around the school to try to generate some, some more interest, which I will have my contact information on. So anybody interested in maybe next season commentating some basketball games or getting here on the radio and also commenting other sports such as soccer, baseball, softball, I know are all coming up here. So a really good opportunity to get into FAU Hour Radio, to get into commentating, get into radio as uh, the basketball season now comes to an end. However, baseball and other sports will be going on. So like I said, next month, the second game of next month, the last game of the regular season, FAU will be taking on FIU here at the borough. You will hear me on the commentating team. Hopefully, our FAU Owls with this last four games of the regular season can take care of business, go into the Conference USA tournament looking hot, looking sharp, looking ready, and who knows, maybe just a big tournament appearance. We'll see. We will see from this FAU Owls basketball team. Moving on from FAU sports. We've seen a lot, on, or you guys listening to the show have seen a lot of me talking about football. And uh, today, well, I said last week that we won't talk about football at all. However, there is a little bit of news regarding the XFL, the alternate football league that is going to be resurrected sometime uh, this year. There has been some news with the XFL, so I will cover that. However, to start off the 
American sports, professional sports, we will get, we'll get into a little bit of the basketball action. Over the weekend, we saw the NBA All-Star break, which we saw the Rising Stars Challenge, the Slam Dunk Contest, the three-point contest, and all they have going on there. Uh, Saturday, Saturday's slate started off with the Skills Challenge, which was kind of underwhelming. We saw the Rooks with Cade Cunningham, Jalen Green, them uh, kind of underperformed, looked, looked a little like they didn't weren't too interested. The three-point contest was really fun for me. As somebody who was a center in high school, center pretty much my entire career, a center who really never wanted to be a center. Uh, seeing Carlin and Towns win the three-point contest was so beautiful for me. I always wanted to be a guard. I always wanted to be able to you know, take those shots, take the three-pointers, handle the ball. And to see somebody who's seven feet tall, which I unfortunately am not, but I was still big enough to be center, to see him go out and win the three-point contest was really cool. And uh, so really happy for him. However, then the dunk contest was mostly underwhelming. We saw Obi Toppin take it. However, we saw Jalen Green take like, I don't know, 15 attempts just to get his first dunk off. And I, I, I kind of leaning that the NBA all-star game should go back to, or not all-star game, but the all-star dunk contest, maybe, maybe go back to a clock because these guys seem way too comfortable and they're just so afraid to use their quote unquote attempts, an actual dunk attempt that you see them get into their position, go up with the ball. And right before they're about to slam it, they're like, no, nah, no, nah, let me try that over again. It really sucks the energy out of things. What was once a fascinating and really thrilling competition. Of course, we've seen back, excuse me, in years past with uh, the dunk contest between Aaron Gordon and uh, his name is drawing a blank. Wow. Zach Levine. There you go. The, the, the infamous dunk contest between Aaron Gordon and Zach Levine, which just continuously brought 50 after 50 after 50. The best dunk contest in NBA history has recently been followed up by a lot of mediocre uh, slam dunk contests. So hopefully they'll find a way to make it more of a big deal. But we've talked, we top and like I said, did take the victory there. However, then in the actual all-star game, team LeBron defeated team Durant, which of course Kevin Durant was not participating. Team LeBron won on a game winning shot by LeBron James, 162 to 160. Man, isn't it so fun to watch Steph Curry? I've been a huge fan of Steph Curry really since LeBron was down here in Miami. And when the Warriors were winning their championships and all, I oftentimes got called a bandwagoner and I was, I would put my hand, I would pound the table, put my foot down saying, no, I loved Steph Curry well back before LeBron left the heat. I remember, I think it was back in 2012 or so, the Warriors played the Clippers in the first round of the playoffs. And uh, my brother Colton was a huge Clippers fan because he was a huge Chris Paul fan. And you know, you know how you get with your brother, how you just kind of, root against what they would want, root against who they're rooting for, just kind of in spite of them. I saw how much he wanted the, the Clippers to win, so naturally I started rooting for the Warriors. However, then I actually started to watch Steph Curry, and I'm like, wow. I thought he was a rookie at the time. Did not know that he was actually in his fourth year in the NBA, and he had been killing it a little bit up to that point. So I was like, wow. Started following him, got his jersey. 
I uh, was fortunate enough to go to a game where the Heat took on the Warriors, my then two favorite teams, uh, when the Warriors were in the middle of their record regular season, 73-9 and nine season, where I saw Steph drop, I think, like 40. Clay had 30-something. I had a great time. It's the only time I stepped into what was then American Airlines Arena and rooted against the Miami Heat. But my thought process was just, you know, when am I ever going to be able to watch Steph Curry again? And I saw him go off, drop like I said, I think almost 40 points, which was a Warriors win and helped them to break the regular season NBA record, which, of course, they did fall short at the end of things. However, Steph Curry has been one of the best players in the NBA for quite some time now, and I'm glad that he's finally getting the respect he deserves. I remember arguing with people between it was, most people, eight, like eight people out of 10, four people out of five were arguing that Russell Westbrook was better than Steph Curry. And I was pounding the table saying, Russell Westbrook is one of the most inefficient players in the NBA. A lot of his, his rebounds are kind of forced stat padding rebounds. He's a very entertaining player to watch. He's explosive. He's electric. He, you can get behind him as an athlete. If, he, if he's playing for your team, you absolutely love him. However, just for the respect of basketball and understanding the game you know his game is very limited and isn't gonna produce well in the playoffs where you're not gonna get as much foul calls game margins are a lot slimmer because you're playing against good competition every single night and his game doesn't necessarily work when it comes to the playoffs there's the cycle with russell westbrook where he starts the season very slowly and then for like three to four weeks you're like oh my gosh we were so stupid for every question and this is the greatest player on earth and then the playoffs start and he drops back off again. But with Steph Curry, while he's been healthy, because he did earlier in his career have some injury issues, his game elevates as the season goes on. His game is something you can replicate night in, night out. It doesn't take a lot of toll on your body. He's so efficient with that three-point shot, becoming the top three-point shooter in NBA history in half the games as Ray Allen and Reggie Miller before him. Going out in the All-Star game, dropping 50 points, 16 three-pointers. The iconic images now of him shooting his shot, turning around before the ball gets through the net, staring at the crowd, staring at his teammates. Man, I, I would kill for a player like that on the Heat. I enjoy it on the Warriors, and I would love to see a Warriors Heat finals. That would be a dream come true for me. But Steph Curry balled out. Team LeBron ended up getting the victory as a – the All-Star Game weekend came to an end. And we do have to wait a few days now for the NBA regular season to pick back up. So while we are now halfway through the season, I'd like to bring to you guys my tier lists for all of the teams in the NBA. I have it broken down in one, two, three, four, I think six categories, starting with eh, maybe next year being with the Orlando Magic, Detroit Pistons, Houston Rockets, Oklahoma City Thunder, Sacramento Kings, and the Indiana Pacers. All these teams have barely produced throughout the season. All of them are really fighting for the number one seed, are fighting for that top pick in the NBA draft. Teams like the Pacers we've seen really sell at the trade deadline. And teams like the Orlando Magic, I mean, that, you're talking 13 wins, 13 wins, 47 losses from the Orlando Magic. Man, it's a team that's, you know, in Florida, 
you kind of hope better for him. But Orlando Magic, except for like the late 2000s, have never really performed well as, a, as an organization. Same with the Detroit Pistons. Houston's really dropped off, of course, after losing Russell Westbrook and James Harden. So those teams, I got scraping at the bottom of the barrel, maybe next year, looking for the top 10, top five, top pick in the NBA draft. Moving on to technically they might make the playoffs. Those are the teams that are currently looking on the outside in. Uh, they're not by any means going to win the championship. However, they're, they could put together a stretch and get into the play-in games at the very least. That being the Pelicans, the Spurs, the Wizards, and lastly, the Knicks. Tyrell, if you're watching this, man, what have what has happened to the Knicks? The Knicks, a team last year that looked so impressive. They had, of course, the young talent of RJ Barrett coming in. You sign, uh, you sign, oh man, what's his name? Julius Randle to that extension. And Julius Randle is the point, the, the points leader, the rebounds leader and the assist leader for the Knicks so far through the season. However, none of those have been done efficiently. Nobody averaging above 20 points on the team. You bring in Kemba Walker, who you hope can be the franchise point guard that he once was for the Hornets. We saw him temporarily be the the point guard for the Celtics. However, that started to sputter out towards the end. And now we do see the limitations of a below six foot point guard. Once he gets into his thirties, Kemba Walker is only averaging 11.6 points uh, and with assists. He's only averaging 3.5 assists. And the money you're paying for Kemba, it's something's going wrong there with him. His career might be coming to an end very quickly just with lack of physical ability. Now his game starting to drop off. Sad to see with somebody who was once one of the best point guards in all basketball. R.J. Barrett has been slightly impressive in his second or second or third year is it I think it's his third year on the Knicks 18 points 5.7 rebounds 2.6 assists so RJ is developing as you would expect you know his shooting has gotten better as this season's gone on but the Knicks as a whole Tom Thibodeau is so hot and cold season to season last year he has everything lined up together uh, he really has an understanding for what works best for this team Derek Rose was killing it last year this year, Derrick Rose only sitting at 12 points, four assists. The Knicks have really dropped off compared to last year, where I was really hopeful that they – I would love to have seen last year a Knicks-Heat playoff series. Two defensive-minded teams, two big cities in America, a historic rivalry that we saw come together in the 90s when the Heat started to come up into relevancy. However, the Knicks, so far this season, I have to put them in the – technically might make the playoffs category as they are looking – on the outside in. Now, my next category is they won't last long. And those are teams that they're in the playoffs as things stand. However, I don't see it progressing beyond the first round. And these teams actually, I don't know how much they'll progress outside of the play-in tournament. All of these teams are within the play-in play tournament. So that includes the Atlanta Hawks, Portland Trailblazers, Timberwolves, Hornets, and Raptors. All teams that have some sort of talent, Portland, I don't know how Portland's even gotten there. They trade away C.J. McCollum. Damian Lillard has been hurt for the majority of the season. So God knows how they've gotten to that spot. The Atlanta Hawks, the team that we saw last year make the Eastern Conference Finals, Trey Young was playing absolutely outstanding. Trey Young's continued that form this year. However, his supporting cast around him has not picked up where they were playing, the level they were playing last year. 
the Timberwolves have finally put together the young core that they've been trying to make right for so long now. They had, at one point, they had Andrew Wiggins, Zach Levine, Carl Anthony Towns, all of which this year were on the all-star team together, all on the same team. However, now with only Carl Anthony Towns left, Carl Anthony Towns has been a great player for them this year. 24.4 points, 9.7 rebounds, 4.0 assists, three-point champion. Got to make sure you've included that in there. He's been absolutely outstanding from this year. Anthony Edwards has continued from a very sharp rookie season, averaging 22 points, 3.6 assists, 4.8 rebounds. He's absolutely electric. The athleticism, the coolness to him, the swagger to him, it does kind of remind you of Michael Jordan. By, by, by no means am I calling him Michael Jordan, but you, that just swagger to him, that fierceness to him that we really questioned. Think about that. We questioned this going into the draft last season. How committed is he to basketball? We, we, took, we took him being a freak athlete, somebody who could play any sport, we took that as a negative. He did, of course, still end up being the number one overall pick in the draft. But there were some concerns from people like, hey, how, how committed is he to basketball? And we've quickly seen that that is a ridiculous statement to even put out there because he's been absolutely killing it these last two seasons. The Timberwolves have finally gotten them to a spot of some respect. They're currently sitting at the number seven seed in the West, two and a half games back of the Denver Nuggets in the sixth seed. So they could make a late season push out of the play-in uh, play tournament the NBA now has, which I'm very happy with. Last year we saw you know the Lakers and the Warriors play against each other. It's been it was it was it was definitely a success, and uh, this year, moving on to our next tournament or next next tournament, our next bracket, which includes some teams that are currently also currently in the the play-in tournament. We have what's going on. These are teams that should be playing much better than they are. They're not out of the playoffs, but by no means are they a guarantee to be in the playoffs. We're talking the Boston Celtics who are sitting at the sixth seed in the East, so just above the play-in tournament. However, the Lakers, the Clippers, and the Nets currently are all sitting in the play-in tournament. The Clippers have the biggest excuse out of all of them. Their two best players are injured. Kawhi Leonard has been injured all season. Paul George has been injured for the majority of the season. So you're going about it with your, your role players, hoping they would step up. And when they do get Paul George back and when they do get Kawhi Leonard back, if they get them back because those guys injuries appear to be worse than initially uh initially diagnosed so the clippers have an excuse saying that ac but the lakers i mean i can make a whole show probably talking about the lakers and the dysfunction that has been going on with that team you got lebron james who is still arguably the best player in, in the entire game and in his what 18th season is averaging 29 points eight rebounds 6.5 assists in his 18th season as a 37-year-old, that's outstanding. There's a there's a breakdown of all the av- points averages for LeBron throughout his career, and you really haven't seen any fall any fall off. He's averaging more points now than some of his seasons when he was on the Heat in arguably the prime of his career. He's averaging nearly 30 points as a 38-year-old man. That is absolutely outstanding. And then you look at the cast around him. Anthony Davis statistically has had a pretty good year. However, again, the injury bug hits him. 
Chuck Bar uh, Charles Barkley coining the nickname Anthony Day to Davis because every single year as the season goes on, we always see him get these little nicks, these little injuries. And that's kind of expected with the freak athlete that he is, the seven-footer that he can move like he moves. You're not supposed to do that at that, that size. We do know the story that he was six foot two in high school and then absolutely shot up to seven foot. So he has those guard skills while having the seven foot frame. But again, seeing him fall to injury when he's had a pretty good season up to this point, 23 points, 9.7 rebounds and the, and seven or sorry, 2.9 assists. Anthony Davis and LeBron have been carrying their weight. However, their fellow superstar, which it's kind of sad that I don't even know if you can call him a superstar anymore. Russell Westbrook, the deterioration of his game, I expected it. I kind of saw this, I kind of saw this current form of him much earlier on in his career, except he was at least getting more points. He was shooting more shots. He was getting more points. However, he shoots a little less now than he used to. His efficiency has gotten worse. Russell Westbrook sitting at 18.3 points, 7.8 rebounds, 7.5 assists. So the rebounds and assists are still up there, not quite with his triple-double year, uh, triple-double average years that he's had, which is outstanding. And he will be a Hall of Famer. I, I'm not going to argue that at all. He was at one point one of the best, one of the best players in the game. Um, but he's really holding this team back. And I was really surprised that the Lakers didn't put more of an effort in to move off of him at the trade deadline. They did have an offer for John Wall. You get John Wall, you give up Russell Westbrook, you give up that massive contract, $45 million. You give up a first round pick, which isn't, if you, if the season plays out correctly, that first round pick will virtually be worthless. We all know that outside the first 15 picks, it's really, really hit or miss. Most often miss uh, with those late draft picks. So, you give up Russell Westbrook, you bring in a fresh John Wall who really hasn't played this season, who does have some, some question marks about his consistency, about his efficiency himself. However, this time in the year, this time uh, just in the world, I'd rather take the risk of John Wall and see if he just see if he makes things better because clearly Russell Westbrook isn't working in a Lakers uniform and really is holding them back. We've seen the meme. Since the All-Star game, how is LeBron supposed to go from Steph Curry dropping 50, hitting 16 threes, turning around after hitting his three-pointers, to going back to what Russell West brick? Uh, Lakers have had a really tough time. The the role players again haven't stepped up. Carl uh, Carmelo Anthony has has a respectable 13.4 points on the season. However, Avery Bradley not picking up his slack. Wayne Ellington not doing too well. Trevor Reza four points. Rajon Rondo hasn't really done anything. Uh, they did go out and get Kendrick Nunn. However, he'd been injured for most of the season. So outside of those top two guys, it is a very sharp drop-off for the rest of the team. So the Lakers have a lot of room to improve, just as the Celtics do. Celtics sitting at the sixth seed. So as things stand, they are above the play-in tournament, but only by a half a game. There were some talks of Jalen Brown being moved at the trade deadline. And as talented as Jalen Brown is, that team clearly doesn't work together. Jason Tatum, Jalen, Jason Tatum, yeah? Jason Tatum. I think that's his name. He's obviously one of the best players in the NBA. 
gifted score, makes everything look so effortless, and he is undoubtedly who the team should build around. Jalen Brown isn't far off of Tatum. However, they haven't been able to get things done. They've had so many years now to work, to play together, and it just hasn't worked. So if I'm the Celtics, I'm looking to go and move Brown for a big piece. Maybe go out, talk to Portland, see what you can give up to try to go get Damian Lillard. No shot Damian Lillard is going to want to stay beyond this season. Portland will probably be in rebuild mode after this year. So you can go out, possibly get him, possibly go out and get a Zion Williamson, who I forgot to mention with the Pelicans. Some news came out today that there could be a trade looming in the offseason for Zion Williamson moving away from the Pelicans. J.J. Reddick spoke on his podcast about how his time with Zion Williamson, the experience he had with him, that Zion was just really noncommittal and never really took advantage of his opportunity to build relationships with his teammates. So we really have a feeling that Zion never wanted to be a Pelican. And I can't blame him with that. However, you're a professional, you're being paid money and you're right around the corner from being ready for your extension. The Pelicans haven't seen really anything from him. So if I'm the Pelicans, I can probably justify moving off of Zion Williamson. I'd be really intrigued to see Zion go to a team like Memphis, who has been killing it this year with John Moran with Jared Jackson. But to get that extra piece, assuming he's healthy, putting those first two picks together, which we all know now that Pelicans try to do in that draft. They try to put together a package with the Memphis Grizzlies to get the second pick as well as the first pick to pair those two superstars together. I can really see that happening in the offseason with the Memphis Grizzlies. However, Boston is in a tough spot right now, which is a half game above the play-in tournament. And the Nets, the Nets have dealt with a lot of injuries, yes. However, the big three that they have, the big three that they've inconsistently have, have not performed up to their share. We've seen injuries. We've seen some bitterness between the three, and which ultimately led to James Harden being moved away. So the Nets at least put in an effort to make change, which the Lakers did not. When out got Ben Simmons, Andre Drummond, Seth Curry, two first-round picks in exchange for Paul Millsap and James Harden. So Brooklyn is looking to move in a different direction. They already have moved in a different direction, and certainly they've got better defensively. Ben Simmons is going to take some time to get into the rotation and to get into things to try to get to his best self. Whatever his best self is, it's going to take Ben Simmons some time to accustom himself into the Brooklyn Nets system. However, once Ben Simmons does get in there, he's not as bad as we were all making him out to be. Can he shoot? No. Is he lazy? Probably. But what he does provide is passing and defense. And the Nets need some form of a more consistent offensive structure. We, we saw the news that there was some disagreement between James Harden and coach Steve Nash. Or not Steve Nash. Is this Steve? Yeah, it is Steve Nash, as well as star forward Kevin Durant. James Harden wanted to look for the offense to move in a more iso ball manner, which Steve Nash and Kevin Durant did not. And I'm 100% on board with them. James Harden is arguably the greatest ISO basketball player in NBA history. But when has that really produced much success for him? Kevin Durant has been part of 
two championship teams with the, with the Golden State Warriors, which had as much star power as this Nets roster did. But they were able to make it work. And they were really able to make it work effortlessly. They won the finals two years in a row, only losing one game in those two finals appearances. They did, of course, eventually fall to the Toronto Raptors. However, injuries with Kevin Durant and Klay Thompson really derailed the Warriors there. And if they had stayed healthy, I really believe the Warriors would have three-peated in that series. But with the Nets never really able to get that big three together, never really able to get them on the court. When they were all three on the court together, they were 13-3 and in those 16 games. However, over two years, well, which really is a year and a half, not what you want to see. From this team, you got Kyrie dealing with his the vaccine thing, which I kind of stand with him on. It's your choice. However, with the New York rules are New York rules, and he hasn't been able to play this year. You got Kevin Durant, who's been balling, one of the best players in the year, the best players in the league this year. And James Harden has played very well. However, things clearly weren't working for the Nets, and they move on into a different direction now. So we have some big, big teams in that bracket, the what's going on bracket. I like the direction where the Nets are going. The Clippers hopefully will get healthy. However, the Lakers, the Celtics, I'm not too sure how the rest of the season plays out for them. Now moving on to some more positivity. Solid playoff teams. This is a bracket that I would like to include teams that have played really well this year. I believe they'll win a series or two. They, I, I can see these teams getting to their conference championships I don't see them necessarily competing for a championship, but they deserve respect and they've had a really good season up to this point, which includes the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Denver Nuggets, the Dallas Mavericks, the Utah Jazz, the Memphis Grizzlies, as I previously mentioned, and the Chicago Bulls. Chicago, I'll, I'll save for, for the end because some of you listening to this might be like, how are they not in the top tier of teams as they're the number two seed just behind the Miami heat have had an incredible season are actually tied in record with the Miami heat for the top seed. I'll get to them last starting with the Cleveland Cavaliers who have really put together a young roster that has done really well this season. Of course they had all-star Darius Garland, who is leading the way with 20.3 points, Jared Allen, a great acquisition last year with leading the way with 11 rebounds and Darius Garland also leading assists with eight rebounds a game. Great combination of young talent there that they got going on. Garland Sexton has played really well together as well. Pulling off trades, Lori marketing, Karis Levert at the trade deadline and keeping Kevin Love in the fold, having that experience there, which Kevin Love is the last remaining player from that I'm sorry, from that championship uh, time where we saw LeBron and them going to the finals consistency, consistently. Uh, I really like what the Cleveland Cavaliers have done. The offense, the defense on the team got, has them deservedly in the number three spot. Moving on to the Denver Nuggets, a team that is very offensive gifted. However, we've seen them this position for what, four or five years now. They're the, they're, they kind of finish between the fourth and sixth seed, currently in the sixth seed. Jokic is having arguably a better year this year than he did last year in his MVP season. But I can't believe in the Denver Nuggets until I see them get to a conference final and compete and get close to an NBA championship where each year it feels like they lose in the second round. So I have a hard time respecting them. However, they've had a really good season so far. They have a comfortable two and a half game lead over the Minnesota Timberwolves for the six and seven seed, which is a really big deal for the play-in tournament. 
So they've done good this season, but I'm not sure how far they're going to go. Same with the Dallas Mavericks, who at the trade deadline moved off star. Kristaps Porzingis, it wasn't working. The, the Eastern European connection of Luka Doncic and Porzingis just didn't work. Porzingis couldn't stay healthy, and his, his game really deteriorated after leaving New York. Kristaps was once thought to be the future of the NBA, similar enough to Kevin Durant, maybe not as quick, maybe not as explosive. However, the range, the finishing at the rim is undoubtedly there however we've seen his game really fall off recently so they do move him up move on from him sending him to the wizards bring in dinwiddie and i forget the other guy's name uh, <laughs> uh moving on from the dallas uh dallas mavericks we see the utah jazz who've had some injuries this season and again another team that they usually have a stopping place once they get to the playoffs last year they had the number one overall seed lost in the second round to the phoenix suns which was a fantastic series but we know what we get for them. They did lose uh, forward Joe Ingles due to injury and then eventually did trade him away. Uh, Bogdanovich, uh, Mitchell have, again, had great seasons. However, they do lack some, some important parts of their roster if you really want to see them compete for an NBA championship. Uh, as I previously mentioned before, the, the Grizzlies, similar to the Cleveland Cavaliers, a fantastic young team except their, their star player is better than Darius Garland with John Morant. John Morant, one of the best young players in the league uh, so far this season, has continued the pace that we've seen now from these last three years. 26.8 points, averaging 6.9 assists. This Memphis team has really built through the draft with uh, Jared Jackson, with Brooks out of Oregon. Uh, the young kids there getting it done for uh, – for the Memphis Grizzlies, currently has seen them in the number three seed. And if they in the offseason go out and pull off a move for, like I said, possibly a Zion Williamson or try to get maybe a Jalen Brown out of out of Boston and getting another forward in there because their guard play has been tremendous. They could, this could be a team that could be competing for an NBA championship very soon. And then lastly, the Chicago Bulls. Chicago Bulls have been the best team in the East for certain parts of the season record-wise. DeMar DeRozan has been the best offseason signing in the really in the league him Levine and Vucevic have been killing it so far this season I just do I do doubt their ability to go in the playoffs and win a seven game series against some of these teams I'll be mentioning in the next bracket of things um, I do believe their limit is the second round they could get to the final the Eastern Conference finals but I do not see them getting to the NBA championship so this bracket was of teams that are undoubtedly going to make the playoffs. They're really good teams, but I don't think they're quite championship level. But that, of course, does take us to our championship bracket, which includes the Golden State Warriors, the Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, the Miami Heat, let's go, and the Phoenix Suns. All these teams have very few flaws uh, in their games, starting with the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry has led the way for the team. He did hit a kind of rough patch in the, the end of the first half of the season. However, still staying at the number two seed, getting Clay Thompson back is absolutely huge. We saw the Lakers game a couple weeks ago where Clay dropped 33 points, hit some very uh, clutch baskets there. So they're going to be getting Draymond Green back as well. So a starting lineup that includes Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, who was an all-star starter, and Draymond Green. And that's going to be tough for any team in the West trying to get through them with that experience that they have. I really hope to see them in a Phoenix Suns matchup in the 
Western Conference Finals, the Suns with Devin Booker doing it two years in a row. We kind of doubted whether they're going to be able to replicate their success that we saw last year, seeing them get into the NBA playoffs. But Devin Booker has continued success. Chris Paul has continued success. However, Chris Paul now is, did sustain an injury to his, his right thumb, a right thumb avulsion, I think it's pronounced. So we'll see if he misses any time at all. But the Phoenix Suns uh, undoubtedly are one of the best teams in the league and currently sitting atop of the Western Conference. Moving on to the Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA champions from last year. We've seen Giannis continue his, his past form as he's moved on to the season. Chris Middleton, while he was an all-star, hasn't had the, the greatest of seasons for the Milwaukee Bucks. And the Milwaukee Bucks are below in seeding-wise some of the teams I have in the previous bracket. The Bucks are at the number five seed. They're below both the the Chicago Bulls, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. However, the power of Giannis, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, all averaging over 18 points. Giannis averaging nearly 30 points. His athleticism, 29 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, one of the best players in all of basketball. And we doubted whether he could carry his team to a championship without the ability to shoot. However, we saw last year getting his his first ring there. Bucks can be carried by Giannis, and they are one of the best teams in the league. Followed up by the Philadelphia 76ers, who gave up a pretty, pretty decent capital to go out and get Joel Embiid. I'm sorry, to go out and get James Harden to pair with Joel Embiid. And the the general public, I'm kind of surprised how many people said the Nets won that trade. And I agree. I believe the Nets got other two teams. I think both teams came away better in a better position, but I think the Nets came off a little better, both with the locker room dynamic and the on-court dynamic. I think the Nets improved more. Not to say Philly didn't improve. Philly needed to move off Ben Simmons. They had a really high asking price for him, which I don't think any of us believe that Philadelphia was going to get that asking price for him. However, to get James Harden back, as well as a few other pieces, I believe is a good deal for Philadelphia. Pairing the two of... Uh, James Harden and Joel Embiid together will be very interesting because both enjoy working in the ISO game, even though Joel Embiid's a seven-footer. He has, he's a seven-footer with skills like we've seen with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant. I've seen compilations of the three of them using very similar moves. So the two of them combined with uh, Tobias Harris having currently sitting in the number three seed. And Philadelphia has been really close in past years. We all know the shot that Kawhi Leonard hit against them in Game 7 to move Toronto on to the NBA Finals. So they've been close before, and they're really pushing their chips in and saying we're going all in for it. And Philadelphia is very close to making a Finals appearance. They have been in the past, and I can see it happening this year. But to finish off the list, how about the Miami Heat? I will be going to the Miami Heat game this Saturday uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. I love this team. It's so it's a, such a fluid team that works so well together. Butler, Hero, Adebayo, who's in. We've seen a lot of these guys miss significant points in the season. Tyler Hero has missed, I think, 10 games. Adebayo missed a month and a half. We still haven't seen Victor Oladipo make his first appearance for the Miami Heat, and they are currently the number one seed in the East. The only really downside or... 
the, the one issue that we've seen from the Heat this year is Duncan Robinson hasn't had the season we've seen from him in the past, currently averaging 11.8 points on the season. So he hasn't had the greatest start, and Kyle Lowry did take a while to get himself acclimated. He's currently averaging 13.3 points. However, Jimmy Butler leading the way should be an MVP candidate for this Miami Heat team. Uh, I can definitely see him getting to the finals again for the second time in three years, hopefully with a slightly different result. But I love what I see from this Heat team. Very impressed. So the five teams that I believe one of these five teams will be winning the NBA championship, the Golden State Warriors, the Bucks, the 76ers, the Heat, or Phoenix. Those are my five best teams in the league. If I had to put it in order, I'd probably go Bucks, Philadelphia, Ooh, so I'll say I'll say the Warriors of the Heat and then Phoenix. Phoenix has been really killing it. Uh, Chris Paul is probably going to miss some time, but when he comes back healthy, they're going to continue the pacer they've been on for the majority of the season. Uh, I really love what they're doing. They have half the losses of Miami. They only have 10 losses on the year. Miami has 21 losses on the year. Uh, so they've been killing it. So Phoenix is my best team, followed by the Heat, Warriors, Philadelphia, and the Milwaukee Bucks. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, we do have a little bit of news regarding the NFL and the XFL, and it is that the XFL is going to be the X, they're going to try to be a little experimental league for the NFL. There were some questions whether the XFL was going to try to compete with the NFL, and that would have been a terrible idea, first and foremost. Uh, but Dwayne The Rock Johnson, we saw him in the Super Bowl introduce the teams and I didn't think much of it then however kind of in retrospect if you think about it the commissioner or the owner of the XFL is at the Super Bowl introducing the teams it makes you start to scratch your head and then now we've seen the the announcement that the NFL and the XFL are going to be working together and I think that's beautiful all you guys listening to this know you know football is my favorite sport by far and when football ends, now in mid-February, we have to wait a very long time for the NFL to jump back into things. In a few weeks from now, we'll have free agency. And then in a month or two from now, we will have the, or a month from then, we will have the NFL draft. So we have that to kind of give us a little appetizer, but then we have to wait the entirety of the summer. There'll be some stories here and there. However, we do have to wait now until August before we even see preseason. So in that, in the meantime, it'd be nice to have a little bit of extra football. And that's what the XFL could bring. Last year, we saw stars, well, not, we saw XFL stars and guys that eventually did make NFL rosters. We saw PJ Walker was killing it and eventually got himself a job as the Carolina Panthers backup. Josh Johnson made an appearance this year uh, due to injuries. However, we saw him on the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, due to injuries in their quarterback room. We saw him killing it in the XFL. So I really, really hope that the XFL can put things together and be successful. We saw the AFL or whatever the other league was really flop. It was, it was very dry, very lethargic. It wasn't entertaining to watch. And the XFL had some success, but then COVID kind of became a thing and killed that. However, now they got the funds back together. They have Dwayne The Rock Johnson at the top, who, man, if there's anybody who I'd like to be leading anything, it would be The Rock. I love how he carries himself. So 
great news to see the XFL and the NFL be working together. And hopefully that brings us more football and more entertainment, maybe see some stars arise from the XFL and into football. As a wrap of my show here today, of course, we have Lysia Hayes coming, coming up next with her show, The Analyst. Very excited to, to hear her with her third show here on the radio. I'd just like to give some updates on the Champions League and some soccer. I uh, haven't talked about soccer as much as I would like to. Those watching on YouTube you get to see my beautiful Manchester United jersey. Manchester United won over the weekend 4-2 at Leeds. Huge rivalry game, which we saw a very entertaining wet game. It was very rainy. It was very... It was, it was just a very intense game where we saw Manchester United go up 2-0 in the first half. And then in a matter of 30 seconds, Rodrigo gets the equalizer. Well, Rodrigo put the cross in. What, what was it? I, I, it was definitely a cross, but somehow it ends up in the back of the net. I forget who gets their second goal, but then Fred gets a nice goal. And Anthony Alenga, I absolutely love the kid. Uh, after getting hit in the head by something tossed by the Leeds crowd, uh, gets his own goal which was beautiful to see, see Manchester United move up uh, into the fourth spot, into the champ- last Champions League, Champions League spot in, uh, in England. However, the Champions League currently go on. Chelsea at home have the lead against Lille at halftime. Kai Havertz got the first goal there in the eighth minute. And then Villarreal is currently going on against Juventus. And Dusan Vlahovic has gotten, wow, in the first minute of the game, got a goal there for Juventus who have had a very underwhelming season in Serie A, however, could look to see some success here in the Champions League. So Chelsea, Lille going on, uh, Villarreal, Juventus going on right now. Uh, next next week, I'd really like to get more into soccer because I intended to today. However, my NBA talk went a little longer. I'd love to talk about Manchester United, and hopefully I have more positives to say this time next week about Manchester United because we definitely did hit a, a, a tough spot. And uh, things have started to turn around we were 1-1 FC for about three weeks and uh, two victories now in a row and we will see us go on to play Atletico Madrid in Madrid tomorrow three o'clock the first leg of the round of 16 the Champions League as well as Benfica and Ajax two historical teams there matching up in the round of 16. I'm very excited for that but thank you all very much for listening today. This has been JK Productions. Thank you for those listening here on FAU Our Radio. Thank you to those listening on the FAU Our Radio YouTube channel, which we have now officially made a thing. Uh, I'm really excited to continue to work with this and continue to try to bring people into the program. So if you're around the school listening to this the, the, and you have an interest in whether it be commentating appearing here on the radio, whatever it may be, please try to get in contact with me. My name is Jacob Kelly. I'm here in the student union, second floor of the student union room 207 here in the radio room. If you'd like to get into sports commentating or anything of the, of the likes, uh, I'll be hanging up flyers around the school sometime in the next week or two to try to branch out, trying to get people more interested. We have baseball coming up, like I said. So Really hopeful that I can bring people more in, get to talk to more people, get to meet more people. But uh, thank you all for listening uh, today. It's been JK Productions. Alicia Hayes will be coming up next with the analyst. So thank you all very much for listening on FAUR Radio on YouTube, on Spotify. My Spotify is JK Productions. My YouTube is JK Productions. My Instagram is Jacob Kelly, as well as JK Productions. So thank you all very much for listening here. I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Take care, everybody.